As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it. Welcome to Home Group. My name is Rick Renner, and we're just sitting here as a family tonight having such an encouraging conversation about why it is so important for us to understand what Jesus said about the end of the age. And even our home group this week has really triggered a lot of interesting comments among us. How should we respond to what Jesus said about the end of the age? Should we be hopeless? Of course not. The rapture of the church is coming, which is called the blessed hope. It is the big, big hope that everyone's been waiting for, and it's in front of us. Joel said, well, how soon is it going to take place? We don't know. Jesus said in Matthew 24, verse 36, that no one knows, not even the angels, only the Father. But Jesus gave us signs, and the purpose of the signs is not to make us feel hopeless or to be afraid, but to let us know where we are on the journey. And there's something else about these signs that Jesus gave. If you know the signs that Jesus gave, then you're not taken off guard when they begin to happen. And today's teaching is going to be a great example of that. It's going to really help you tonight because tonight we're going to talk about worldwide deception. It is the very first sign that Jesus gave that we've entered the very final part of the journey to the end of the age. But I want you to have the free download, which is called Signs You'll See Just Before Jesus Comes. Please take this. It's our gift to you. We work really hard to prepare this for you, and we want you to come to our website and download it. It's free. And we're also offering you the whole series. It's 10 parts, Signs You'll See Just Before Jesus Comes. We need to know the signs. Jesus gave them to us because he believed we needed to know them. And it comes with an accompanying book by the same name, Signs You'll See, Just Before Jesus Comes. The back of the book says Signs. They're important in almost everything we do. And Jesus thinks signs are important too. That's why he gave us clear markers in Matthew 24 to indicate his soon return and the end of this present age. Please order this today. And I want you to also get my book called Last Day's Survival Guide. And today I'm going to read something from page 93 that is amazing about deception at the end of the age. This book will really help you not just to survive, but you can thrive. You can thrive. Amen. Amen. But hey, guys, welcome to Home Group, Sister Renner. Well, thank you, Rick, and Home Group, welcome. I just believe that you're taking comfort in the things that you're learning. And as I was listening to you, Rick, yesterday, and you were talking about the birth pangs and that, and any woman that I'm talking to and you've had a child, uh, unless you had a C-section, you know that those contractions are what open up the, the birth canal. It has to happen. And I think that this knowledge, knowing that this is going to produce, this is going to produce this age, this is going to produce the Antichrist, we're going to go be with Jesus, we're going to come back with him. I mean, having this knowledge is comfort to us. And, um, and it gives us a place of not fear, but of preparation in our heart. Well, you know, if you don't have knowledge, you just say, what in the world is going on? But if you have knowledge, you know what's going on. And that is very helpful. Paul? 
Hi, everybody. Please like, subscribe. Please visit renner.org because there's more available for you there than there is just right here if you are on social networks. But if you're here on social networks, please leave a comment. And if you have a prayer request, write us at prayerrenner.org because we would like to pray for you. We're praying for you already. But if you send us a prayer request, we'll be able to pray for you better. It will be more efficient prayer. So please send us your prayer request so that we can pray for you. And Joel, we welcome you to Home Group. Thank you. It's so good to be with you. And thank you for joining us. I think it's good when we study the Bible together. It really is. And hey, if you need prayer, let us know. Like Paul said, how to pray for you. Just write us prayer at renner.org or call 1-800-742-5593. But let's go back to Matthew 24. You guys ready? We're looking at signs you'll see just before Jesus comes. And we're teaching on it this week. Because the Holy Spirit told me the first couple weeks of the year, people are going to be shaken by events. So rather than be shaken by events, we need to be established in what Jesus said, because it's a rock that we can build our lives upon. Amen. And when you're built on knowledge of God's word, you're not shaken. The wind can come, the waves can beat against you, the rain can come, the wind can come. That when you're established on the rock of God's word, you stand. And my friends, you're going to stand. Amen. But let's go to Matthew 24, verse 3. We're going to review it very quickly, then we're going to move on. As Jesus sat up on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? We've seen that the word world, guys, is the word Ionis, which really means age. age. They were saying, Lord, how will we know when this age has run its course, the word end, the Greek word suntileus, it's about to be culminated or wrapped up. And what did they want to know? What are the signs? Signs. The Greek word simeon, which describes a road sign that you would see when you're traveling to a destination. So they were literally asking, Lord, what will be the signs we'll see on the prophetic road? That means we're on a prophetic journey. All of us, whether you realize it or not, time is moving forward. There is a prophetic destiny in front of us, and we're all moving forward on that road. And Jesus is so precious. He gave us signs so we'll know where we are. We're not just wandering around, wondering where we are in time. Jesus said, I'm going to give you signs to tell you exactly where you are in the journey. And then when you come to Matthew 24, verse 4, Jesus gives them the first sign. Now, when most people read this chapter, they talk about wars and rumors of wars. Kingdoms shall rise against kingdom and nation against nation. There'll be earthquakes, pestilence. They talk about all those catastrophic things. And people just skip over the first one and don't even realize what Jesus has said. But Jesus said the very first sign would be worldwide deception. Look what he says in verse 4. Take heed that no man deceive you. Those words, take heed, are a translation of a form of the Greek word blepo. The word blepo means pay attention, stand up straight, hold your head high, throw your shoulders back, listen to me. And in fact, the tense is so strong that Jesus' words were intended to jolt and jar the listeners. Take heed. It would be the equivalent to me saying, guys, Pay attention to what I'm about to say. Well, suddenly you'd set up straight. Jesus was saying, pay attention. He's jarring them. He's jolting them. He's about to say something very important. Take heed that no man deceive you. 
The word deceive is a translation of the Greek word planao. Listen to this. I'm going to read from my notes. It describes a deceptive moral wandering. A people who have veered from a solid path and now they're teetering on a dangerous moral path. It means to morally falter. And by using this word planao, Jesus was teaching, you'll know when you've come to the very end of the prophetic journey, because people generally across the world will begin to depart from the clear moral path they have once walked upon. And the Apostle Paul teaches, Romans chapter 1, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, that the world will become a lawless place. Well, when you think of lawless, you think about outlaws and bandits, but the word lawless is the Greek word anomia. The word nomos refers to the law of God, but if you put an A in front of it, it reverses it or cancels it. It's no longer a people dominated by the Bible, but anomia, they've canceled that. They don't want that anymore. They've made a decision. They're going to go a different direction. The world's going to become a lawless place at the end of the age, a place that begins to shuck the authority of the scriptures, question the authority of the scriptures, call into question everything they've ever been taught, and begin to open their mind. And we know from 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1, they're going to give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. That's really interesting. Because the word doctrines is the Greek word didaskalia, from didasko, which means to teach. But when it becomes didaskalia, it is very well-packaged teaching. Which means the devil at the end of the age is not going to show up with a pitchfork, red skin and horns on his head. He's going to show up and sound like science. He's going to sound like education. He's going to sound like the new progressive trend. This error, which is going to be introduced to society, is going to be so very well-packaged that people will actually turn their attention toward it. The working behind it is the activity of seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. And I have to say something else. The word deceived that Jesus used, this is what's amazing. This word was used by Jewish rabbis between the Old Testament and the New Testament, the very same word, to describe a time when demon spirits would be loosed in hordes into the earth to lead society off track. And this same word deceive is the very word that was used to describe an animal that got so far off track it never found its way back home. That's what the devil's going to try to do to society in the end of the age. And not just to society. The same deception working in the world is going to try to put its tentacles into the church this is an attack of deception on worldwide society. Now, Joel asked, is this only happening in the United States or is this happening everywhere? It's happening everywhere. Deception has seized Europe. It has seized Asia. It is in South America. And please forgive me, but the most blatant form of deception that is being crammed down all of our throats is the acceptance of the inclusion of homosexuality is something that is normal and even the ability to change your gender to become whatever you want to be. And here's the deal. Now, because of laws that are being passed, if you say anything against it, you can be prosecuted. 
Deception is being shoved down people's throats. And I personally believe this is going to be the dividing line for the church in the end of the age. What are we going to do with this question? Are we going to bend? Are we going to meld with the world? Are we going to stand by what the Bible says? This will be the big issue that will divide at the end of the age. Whether we like it or not, my friend, it is upon us. It is deception. Think how profound deception has to be for a man to believe that he is a woman. Or for a woman to believe that she is a man. Think how profound deception has to be for a doctor to believe that it is normal to alter the anatomy of a person to make them into something else. There's nothing normal about this at all. And in fact, some people might get offended with what I'm saying right now in home group. My, my friends, I'm just standing by the Bible. I'm not the one that moved. That's the thing. Christians haven't moved. This is what we've always believed, but the world at the end of the age is going to move. They're going to move away from what they've always believed into deception. And that word deception means they're going to get so far off track, they won't be able to come back. Now, does this scare me? No. It lets me know that I'm more needed today than I've ever been needed. People need the Word of God. This defines our assignment. Amen. We need to stand by the truth. We need to help people. This is our moment to tell people the truth with compassion. People are confused. People are so confused. And listen, there's been so little verse-by-verse -verse teaching of the Bible in the church that even Christians are confused. Christians are trying to be open-minded that maybe it's okay to have a transgender procedure. They're just trying to be open-minded. Nobody wants to be judgmental. There's nothing wrong with judging. It's wrong to be judgmental. We're Christians. When you have judgment, you have discernment. You know what's right. You know what is wrong. There's nothing wrong with you sticking with the truth and speaking it compassionately. In fact, we're told in the book of Jude that when you really know the word of God and care for people, you reach into the flames of damnation and judgment to bring people out of it. It's our responsibility to rescue the perishing and care for the dying. But now I told you that I was going to read to you from my book, Last Day's Survival Guide. But first I want to read a verse. Listen to this. In 2 Thessalonians 2, 3, Jesus said we were going to have deception at the end of the age. Paul builds on top of it. And he says in 2 Thessalonians 2, 3, Let no man deceive you by any means. For that day shall not come. What day? It's talking about the coming of the Lord. The coming of the Lord will not come except there come a falling away first. And that man of son be revealed, the son of perdition. All right, hold on. You guys ready? I'm going to read this to you. Any comments while I'm looking up my verse? Well, I want to say that we have to guard our hearts. And Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 says, Keep your heart with all diligence for out of it springs forth the issues of life. And that's our responsibility. I mean, we can't just say, oh, I'm a victim of this or I'm a victim of that. We've got to take responsibility of our own heart and be not deceived. Amen. All right, listen to this. I'm going to give you the RIV of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3. <clears throat> okay, guys, I want you to really listen. I'm going to say what Jesus said. Take heed. Stand up, pay attention, listen to this. Taking heed. 
Here's a translation. In light of these things, I urge you to refuse anyone to take advantage of you. You ought to know by now that this day cannot come until first a worldwide insurgency, rebellion, riot, and mutiny against God has occurred in society. Once that occurs, the world will then be primed, prepared, and ready to embrace the man of lawlessness, the one who hates law and has rebellion running in his blood. This is the long-awaited, predicted son of doom and destruction, the one who will bring rot and ruin to everything he touches. When the time is just right, he will finally come out of hiding and will go public. Well, we know prophetically that day is in front of us. It's in front of us. We also know that the coming of Jesus is in front of us. We know that. But Paul says that day will not come until a mutiny occurs worldwide first. And the mutiny will be a general worldwide throwing off of the world of God, becoming a lawless place, free of the law of God. And when the world becomes lawless, it will throw open its arms to receive the man of lawlessness. And we have been in a situation where the world is being primed, prepared, modified. Let me ask you, when you look around the world around you, do you feel like the world is being modified for something? Of course. Morals are being modified. Beliefs are being modified. Somebody is really aggressively at work. And the Apostle Paul teaches us in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, it is the mystery of iniquity. Somebody says, Rick, do you believe in conspiracy theories? Absolutely. There's one I really believe in, the mystery of iniquity. In fact, the Apostle Paul said in the first century, the mystery of iniquity already is at work, and it's been working from then until now. The devil very slowly has been modifying the world to bring it to a time when a man of lawlessness can step onto the stage. And the right moment when the church is gone, the curtain that has concealed his identity will evaporate and he'll come on the stage for all to see. That's what we're walking up toward. But Jesus said, deception would be a major sign you've come to the end of the age. And hey guys, I don't want to be judgmental or condemning. But when someone rebels against their gender, I can't think of a greater delusion or a greater deception than that. It's rebellion against God. It is rebellion. It's rebellion. It's, It's denial of the fact that there is a creator that created you in a specific way. And in that sense, your gender is one of the most obvious proofs that someone created you with something in mind, (laughs) something very specific in mind. And you're saying, no, that's not what I want to do. I want to live my own way. But moment, when you talked about Proverbs chapter four there, um, about keeping your heart, continue reading because it says how to keep your heart. Keep thy heart with all diligence for uh, the issues I put away from thee, forward mouth, preserved lips, put far. I'm not reading this very well. Could you please okay. read it? I'm okay. not very good reading in English. I'm all right. sorry. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. Let your eyes look straight ahead and let your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or to the left. 
remove your foot from evil. So when it says keep your heart with all diligence, it tells you how to do that too. It doesn't just say do it. It also tells you how to do it. And we need to be so careful to not be deceived. Amen. You know, I said that this issue of sexuality and homosexuality and transgenderism is going to be the dividing line. Let me ask you guys. In the Western world, do we know people being arrested for their faith? No. We know people being arrested and prosecuted because they're not inclusive. This is the way it's going to come. The devil's not going to come after our faith. Same thing happened in the first century. Exactly. Christians were not persecuted because they were Christians. They were persecuted because they were not inclusive of others. They were exclusive in their faith. And pagans said, we've had enough of that. You're narrow-minded, you're bigoted, and we're going to shut you down. You've got to throw up in the door and say, we're all okay. It's exactly the same thing that's happening. But today it's happening on a worldwide basis, and it's much more sophisticated because it's coming through education, it's coming through the government, it's coming through the courts, it's coming through science, it's coming through Hollywood, it's being packaged. It's doctrines, well-packaged teaching of demons that even makes people want to entertain the idea. It is so demonic. This is going to be the big dividing issue in the future. Actually, the future is here. But I want to read something else. In Matthew 24, verse 5, Jesus said, we're even going to deal with issues of deception in the church. Listen to this. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. He uses the word many twice in this verse. Many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. So there's going to be many perpetrators and many people that are led astray. Now, I always thought this was talking about cults, gurus from the East, but it's not. It says, many shall come in my name. You know what the Greek says? Many shall come on the reputation and strength of my name, which means they're dressing themselves in the guise and the reputation of Jesus and of Christian ministry, and they're even saying, the word saying is used here, alleging, claiming, purporting, I am Christ. Well, to be honest, in Greek there's a definite article, which means somebody's going to claim he is the Christ, but it can also be translated claiming, I'm anointed. I have a new insight. I've got something you've never heard before. You need me. Packaging themselves. But the problem is, Jesus says they will deceive many. And the word deceive is the Greek word planao again, which describes a moral wandering from the foundational doctrines of the Bible, resulting in confusion about what is right and what is wrong. A delusion that will occur in society at the very end of the age. That's what Jesus said. So Jesus said, people are even going to show up in my name. They're going to try to speak like me, come in my name, come in my reputation, come in the strength of my name. They're going to even claim that they're anointed, they have insights, they've got a view on how we need to go into the future, but if you really follow what they're doing, their teaching will lead you away from the biblical truths of the Bible into delusion. Into delusion. And Jesus says it will try to get even among believers. And this is in agreement with Paul's words in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, where he says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly, 
that in the latter times, so here we are again, the latter times. And guess what, guys? That word latter, it's the word husteros. The word husteros describes there's not much left. You've come to the end. Time has run out. When you've come to the very, very end, not much is left of the times. Some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. Well, first of all, it says the Spirit speaks expressly. Expressly is the word retus. It means the Spirit speaks explicitly, undeniably, in unmistakable terms. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is trying to prepare us, especially if we're living in the end of the age. We need to be alerted to reality. And the Holy Spirit is here. What I'm saying is rifting his voice, speaking clearly in unmistakable terms that at the latter times when time has run out, not much time has left, some will begin to depart from. Depart does not mean reject. Rejecting and departing are not the same thing. It never says they're going to reject the faith. People don't want to reject the faith, but they're departing from the faith. And a departure is slow. It is methodical. It is seducing. It's being modified to think something new. It is a departure. It is not a rejection. And a departure from the faith can even be dressed as social justice. It can be dressed in new clothes to make it look like it's really good. It's a new idea. It's a new age. It is a departure. And the Bible says it will be very, very seducing. And the Bible says large numbers of people, even in the church, will begin to give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. Okay, let me tell you something. Here we are living in the end of the age. Jesus said deception is going to come to the world. It's even going to try to come into the church. And this verse says some, even in the church, will give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Giving heed, the Greek word prosecho, which means to turn your head in a new direction to consider something new. Don't turn your head from the Bible. Don't leave it. Don't leave what you have been established in. When you begin to turn from the faith to consider something new, you've headed down the track toward deception. And let me tell you something else. Don't modify your faith and your beliefs to accommodate your kids. Your kids are going to need your faith. And if you've modified yourself because your kids have gone a wrong direction, when your kids need help, they won't be able to come to you because you bit the bait. They need you to be that rock that Denise talked about, mm -hmm. established on a rock, unmoving when it comes to truth. Because one of these days, your kids are going to need help. And they're going to need to know that you have stayed with what you have always believed. And when they need help, you are the one they're going to run to. You are. We're out of time. Father, we thank you for helping us know how to live in these last days. Thank you for giving us these signs. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll be back tomorrow night. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed that teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it.